The following is an encore presentation of Exploring Missions. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions. Connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs, across the world or across town. And now, the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. We hope you're having a good weekend, and we pray that God is blessing you richly. And part of God blessing us is opportunities. And uh, opportunities come with that responsibilities. And so I pray that you're taking the opportunities with responsibility to be on mission for the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what this program is about, trying to equip and encourage believers to realize they are sent from God, and uh, God wants you to share in this ministry that God's called us to. This is Bert Harper, along with our co-host, Nathan Harper. Nathan, as you think about missions, you have to think of the creation, redemption, the everything, everything. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. Jesus came on a mission. Yeah. Someone called it the greatest rescue mission the world has ever known. And so as followers of Jesus Christ, those people who are listening and are followers— it should not be an option. It should be just a reality. That's right. It's a lifestyle. It's the way we live. The Great Commission says, go and make disciples of all the nations. But the word go really means as you're going or wherever you go. So as we go about our life, we are to make disciples. And that's, that's mission work. The more intentional, the more strategic, uh, more effective that we can do that and be equipped to do that, then, then the better. Um, and there's priorities to it, but generally speaking, it is for the whole church, for every member of every church, is to live on mission for God. As you were saying that, I could not help but think of Deuteronomy 6 when it talks about parents, yeah. their children, as you go, mm-hmm. but also purposeful. Yeah, I mean, uh, so parenthood is probably the greatest mission effort ever. I mean, yeah, you know, is. when you get right down to it. But Deuteronomy 6 is missional. Yeah. I mean, and, and I has, mean, we're not studying that today, but as you said that, I could not help but think about that. Yeah, it is. Uh, the great Shema in uh, Deuteronomy 6, and there's that part of it that talks about placing the words, God's words, and the words of his law on your forehead. Yes. And it's uh, deeply personal. But also, you're to put it on your doorpost, yeah. and it's public. It's a public invitation to come into this way of living. And so that's reflective of our lives as followers of Jesus. We are, it's a deeply personal thing, but we don't keep it to ourselves. It's also a public thing. We make a public proclamation of who Jesus is and invite people into following him just like we have. And when we think about missions, we think about going, and many times, praise the Lord for those apostles and those early followers of Christ that would go around the world, all over the Roman Empire and further, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. And we today, we uh, especially those that go to difficult places, to foreign fields, we we admire their yeah. spirit. But, you know, 
I, I thought about this too. Everybody here is, uh, if you're a follower of Christ, there's this old song, this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. Mm-hmm. So all of us in a way are in a foreign territory. Yeah. You catch yeah. uh, that thought. So we're all on mission for God and we're to be a part of it. And we're wanting to encourage you today to listen to this program and uh, if you got someone that you know is interested in missions, be sure and let them know about Exploring Missions. And we interview people, and then we teach missional, I would say, lessons to equip people and to inform them about how they can be on mission for God wherever they might be. Yeah, that's right. And so the idea here that we've kind of been talking about is is like a both-and perspective. It's both deeply personal to me to follow Jesus, and it's intensely public. You know, in, we, we make that proclamation of uh, inviting people to follow Jesus, so it's a both and. It's not either or. Do we go overseas or do we go just down the street, across the street? Yes, both and. It's not either or, it's both and. And today we want to talk about a command of Jesus, a model that he provided for his followers. In the Gospels, you read about it all over the place, and it's that got that big and in the middle. It's a both and. It's not an either or. But Jesus would say over and over, and he would just demonstrate over and over, not just say it, but he would do it. But he would say, preach and heal. Preach and heal. I think you have a couple of passages pulled out in in the Gospels that kind of show that. It does. In Mark chapter 2, and uh, we're, we look at chapter 2. I love chapter 2. It has so much there. But notice what it says, and this is early on in his ministry. And again, Jesus entered Capernaum after certain days, and it was heard that he was in the house. And immediately people gathered together. There was no longer room to receive them, and he preached the word to them. And guess what they did? Then they came to him bringing a paralytic who was carried before men. And they were a kind of old mission for God there. They were. Yeah. Okay. And when they could not come near him, they uncovered the roof that he where he was. And when they had broken through, they laid him down on a bed. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Sons, your sins are forgiven you. And some said, Oh, he can't do that. Only God can. He was God, so he could. But verse 8, and immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned within themselves, he said, why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins? He said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go your way to your home. And immediately he arose took up the bed and went out in the presence of them all so that they were all amazed and glorified God saying, we've never seen anything like this before. So there you have preaching and healing. Yeah. Mark is just capturing this moment in Jesus' ministry where he was, he just was doing both is a both hand strategy. Even over in Matthew, before you get to uh, the Sermon on the Mount, it's kind of a summary statement of the first four chapters in Matthew. Matthew writes, uh, chapter 4, verse 23, Jesus was going all over Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. 
It was just Jesus' way as his strategy. You go over to Luke chapter 10 where he's actually giving instructions to these 70 to go out, the apostles to be sent out and do the continue the work that Jesus has started. And in Luke chapter 10, verse 9, he says, Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near you. So there you go, the healing and the preaching, the proclamation, the telling people of the kingdom. They go together. We do. And a lot of times what we do, we will highlight a missionary, some person that has gone somewhere to do great work. And many of them, Nathan, are physicians. Yeah. And even in America, have you noticed that many of the hospitals have a church denominational name? That's right. You know, Methodist, Presbyterian, Baptist, Catholic. Mm Mm-hmm. Why? Because of that healing aspect. Now, people don't connect that anymore because they've grown so much and become a part of the culture. Yeah, we've lost the the original mindset. We really do. But again, the church early on took what Jesus modeled and said, we're concerned about the whole person. So so preaching and and healing sounds like he's concerned about the totality of an individual. Yeah. And Speaking of physicians, so the first, I guess, person that I heard speak that kind of highlighted this aspect of missions and of Jesus' work was a physician. Her name is uh, Dr. Rebecca Naylor. I don't know if you've heard of Rebecca Naylor. She's a medical missionary, served with the International Mission Board for over 35 years, and she was in uh, Karnataka, India, and helped uh, establish the Bangalore Baptist Hospital there in southern India. And she she lived there as a single woman and as a doctor. And right from the beginning, she just had this biblical balance of preaching, of healing, of uh, telling the good news of, of Jesus, but also demonstrating it in care and especially medical care. And so through her, and then there's a book that actually got to read a few years ago. It's actually called Preach and Heal. I think it's a pen name written by, could find it, It's uh, his name is Charles Fielding. It's called Preach and Heal by Charles Fielding. But in there, he kind of lays out more practical strategies, and I'd like to kind of get into those a little bit for us today, of what some of those strategies are of preaching and healing. But I think kind of from the beginning, it would be good to kind of understand what we mean by both of those. Like, what is preaching the gospel. Yeah. What does that I think like? most of us are very aware of preaching. We share the good news of Jesus Christ. And by the way, it's good news. And as someone said, you got to hear the bad news before you hear the good news. Yes. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Uh, everybody, that puts us all in the same boat. No matter where you're from, wherever you are, you, you have to be saved. There's nothing you have to do in order to be lost. Uh, we, we're disconnected, and God is that great connector. And he desires to do that, and he's done it through Jesus Christ, his death on the cross, his resurrection. So we preach that. But while we preach it, we also talk about helping people. That's the key word, helping them. And healing is is ministry to that. Part of the ministry, it is ministering or serving people. And in Jesus' day and in our day, there's always sickness. Why is there sickness? We live in a fallen world, Nathan. And and with that fallen world comes disease, comes accidents, 
uh, one of these days, according to the Word of God, uh, we're going to be in that perfect place. Now, man's looked for a utopia for a long time. Walden's pond just didn't have it all, <laughs> and neither does anything else. Only in Jesus Christ do you find that. And so until then, we're going to heal. But I do believe they go hand in hand. Yeah. There's a, a song. It was new when I was young, Nathan. Okay. And uh, I heard someone playing it the other day, and they said, man, I just love these old songs. And that said a lot about me because I remember <laughs> when it was new. Yeah, and that's, that does when, – when you can remember when the old song started, right? Yeah, that, that, put, <laughs> that marks you. But it was how do you tell a hungry man about the bread of life, you know? How do you tell a thirsty man about the living water mm-hmm. of God's word? And so have you heard this? And I want you to start it off as people, they don't want to hear until they know you care. Yeah. And uh, healing, I, I believe, that, yes, there's a ministry there and ministry of healing. God can do it any way he can. Most physicians that are right that I know of, they say God does the healing, and He just uses me as an instrument yeah, sometimes. That's right. Yeah, I mean, when you know, when we talk about preaching, are we only talking about someone with a uh, seminary degree or that has been ordained, and they get up behind a pulpit with a microphone and <laughs> lay out some sort of sermon outlines? That's not what we're talking about when no, we say preaching. Yeah, that's sharing. Sharing, maybe. A, yeah, sharing your story. Well, that's sharing your story. Biblically. Biblically, the word preaching just means to proclaim, to tell, mm. to tell out loud. And one way to look at that is uh, in mission terminology, we talk about mouth-to-ear evangelism, okay? It, the good news goes from someone's mouth into someone's ear where they can hear and understand. And so that's what we mean by preach is to, to tell the good news to someone. It doesn't have to be a large crowd. It could be one-on-one. It could be a small group. So. If you look at the book of John, you'll find Jesus preached to a bunch or a small yeah. group, even one at a time. Yeah, a lot of the book one-on-one of John, conversations. The one yeah. in John really has that more than any other, the Gospels. Yes. Yeah, so when we talk about healing, it's also good to understand we don't specifically only mean physical uh, healing from physical ailments and issues. There can be uh, mental and emotional types of healing that need to take place, um, relational healing. And so uh, the, the word healing biblically doesn't mean you have to have a, a, you know, an MD or some sort of doctorate degree or have gone through nursing school or to give out medicine. It might include those things, but it, it, it doesn't necessarily. It could simply mean praying for someone's healing, right. you know, laying hands on someone, uh, encouraging someone, being near someone and helping them through showing care in a practical way. So when we talk about healing, that's what we mean. We want to see God bring wholeness to a person's life. And so the idea of preach and heal, uh, as we kind of look at these, uh, we're going to look at what we call the ABCs of compassion and church planting is really what we're kind of getting into. But before we do that, just kind of think of the, I guess, a metaphor. And speaking of old, like old songs, I don't know. I know you used to. Uh, you grew up on the farm and you used to do some plowing. Uh, did you ever walk behind a, an animal and plow? One it, time. Okay. I, that, that's older than me. Right. But my dad, there was a mule and uh, that our neighbor had, and dad would borrow that mule to break up the garden, and he let me walk behind that. I still remember that 
mule's name, believe it or not, okay. O'Neill. And uh, and I remember G and Hall. So the answer is yes, I have. Okay, but you've not, done that. Not long term. Okay. Well, um, was it a two-handled plow? Yes, it was two-handled. Okay, so if you can picture, and I don't know if everybody listening can just picture or has even seen a two-handled this plow. This is a beautiful word picture, though. Yeah. So the idea of preaching and healing as being a, a basis, a biblical basis for mission work in our ministry. Yeah, the two-handled plow preach is one handle. Heal is the other handle. And you got to have your hands on both, both handles at the same time. If you were walking behind that mule and trying to plow a field and you took one hand off, what would happen? Oh, it would it would deviate and it yeah. would go. It Part of it would come out and the other one would go deeper. It would mess so the you whole thing up. So you couldn't plow a straight line no, anyway, No, it would right? be crooked. Okay. It would be. And I've heard that if you're following the animal, you got to look beyond. I think you even told me this. You have to look beyond where you're walking to where you're wanting to go. Yeah, you got to have the marker. Yeah. They got it on GPS on tractors now. They just said it. But back in my day, you had to find that tree or find that fence post or that light post and go toward it. Yeah. So we want to we wanna cut a straight line in our seed sowing. We don't want to get crooked. We don't want to deviate from what Jesus has laid out from, from us. So we got to keep both hands on that plow. We got to keep our eyes fixed on uh, Jesus, he's he's the he's the, he's our marker, and so with our eyes fixed on Jesus, with both both hands on the plow of preaching and healing, we want to uh, be faithful in this. And I, I've just observed over the years, and maybe you have too. It seems like it's easy for all of us individuals to lean toward one side or the other. You know, maybe it's a personality thing or how we were brought up. But I know people that lean toward more of the healing aspect of things, and they're gifted that way, it's easy for them to leave off the preaching. Uh, and so we want to encourage those people, grab hold of that preaching handle, you know. Yeah. But then there's others, and I think I was more brought up in this, leaning toward this yeah. area of preaching is what's important, and we tend to forget the, the healing and the care, the practical concern for people. But we got to have both, don't we? We do. If you don't, people will think you're a project. And, and one of the things that you have to avoid is, is making individuals and programs projects that you are carrying out. How important is that individual? You know, we've been talking about some songs, and another one of those songs, when Jesus was on the cross, I was on his mind. Well, these people, we need to have the mind of Christ, mm-hmm. that every one of those are individual. And uh, that's amazing to me that Jesus looked beyond anything and, and looked straight at their heart. We can't do that, but we can still do preach the word. By that, I mean share the truth of who Jesus Christ is, what he's done, what he can do for you individually or collectively. And then we can show people we care by demonstrating that and praying for them. Uh, on the mission trips that I've gone to, Nathan, a lot of those believers, they come up, and guess what they're asking me to do? They're asking me to pray for healing, pray for family relations to be established. Even this past week at a church, and it was here in America, uh, I had two people coming up and saying, uh, Pastor, would you pray for us? We've got some family issues yeah. of broken relationships, and they need to be healed. Yeah, I, I, I didn't say, well, that's not important. Let's get to the gospel. No. Took time to pray with them, and uh, it encouraged them. Yes. 
So let's look now specifically how this plays out uh, on a mission field. And it can, our mission field, remember, can be anywhere. It can be where we are. And so we can do this wherever, wherever God has placed us. But if you think about uh, medical, in, in medical, in, in that field, looking at things that way, uh, they have something called the ABCs of emergency assessment. Okay, so if you're kind of in triage or if there's a, an emergency, uh, the first thing you do is you check the ABCs to know who needs what kind of treatment. And uh, so A stands for airway, B stands for breathing, and C stands for circulatory system. Okay, so you're checking the airway, you're checking their breathing, you're checking uh, you know, if they're getting some blood flow, and those, those are the first things you do. Well, in missions, especially when it relates to this holistic, uh, you could talk, talk about medical missions or just just good biblical model for mission work, you want to look at the ABCs, okay? So A stands for access, okay? A stands for access, and you're getting access to uh, either, you could talk about unreached people groups. We talk about unreached here a lot on this show. Or you could just say any kind of needy group, a group that has a need. Obviously, they have a need for the gospel, uh, that they need to hear the gospel. They need a verbal proclamation of the gospel. But they also have a need to see the gospel. They want to see a practical demonstration of the gospel. And they might have a physical need or emotional, any type of uh, relational needs. But these are groups, so we think in terms of groups as well. So you can think individually, you can think in terms of groups. But we want to get access to well, them. Well, when we think of missions in the past, a lot of times that would happen. They would carry the gospel. But when they got there, they found out other needs, and they made them accessible yeah. to them, medical or, or whatever it might be, Train, uh, nutrition, which is kind of, you know, yes. uh, you know, as far yes. as raising. A lot of folks are agriculture, and they're showing them how to raise, yes. have access to better food, better water. Man, that's one of the big deals. Yeah, digging wells, digging is, wells. A, is a way to gain access into needy communities. There's lots of places around the world. This is hard for us to comprehend, but they don't have access to clean drinking that's water. Right. And that's, that's health. That's yes. healing. It is. Yes, it brings healing. Yes. So access, you want to look at it in a way that allows you to go deep in relationship and gives you an opportunity to gain a presence with a group of people that are in need of help, both physically and spiritually. Okay, so access. B stands for behind closed doors. So you want to go from gaining access to then going deeper with people behind closed doors. In other words, it really is a two, uh, a double meaning here. One meaning is you want to get to behind closed doors of maybe closed access countries, places in the world where you can't just go as a missionary to serve, you have to go in another way. And, and so medical missions is a way to do that. You can go serve as a physician in, a, in a, a visiting physician in a hospital somewhere or as a businessman somewhere or whatever, but there's ways to get behind those closed doors of countries. But also looking at it in the behind the closed doors of people's homes, you want to get into people's homes, okay? So it's deep access to relationships that allow the gospel to flow. It allows you to find a safe, and even inviting place in a person's life and their sphere of influence, wow. their group of people that they're around. Really, that's removing barriers so you can get to the heart. Yes. If you think of it, you Absolutely. Know, isn't that what yes. you're doing? So you want 
whatever you're, the way you're showing concern and care for people, you want that to allow you to get into their homes. I remember we've, I've done this a good bit of teaching English as a second language. And I love getting out of the classroom setting and getting into people's homes and making home visits and letting them practice English around their home. And, you know, walking in the kitchen and saying, what is this? Stove. What is this? Oven. <laughs> What's the difference in stove and oven? You know, we yeah. talk about that. And, but we're behind closed doors. We're in their safe space where we can talk about They really want to know about well. fire alarms, right? Yes, that's right. That's right. <laughs> um, so behind closed doors is B. C stands for care, showing care, compassion. Uh, you, you can also make it stand for church planting. So as you care for the needy with actions, uh, such as benevolent ministries, health care strategies, hunger initiatives, etc. So we're demonstrating the gospel in action. And so as you, like we've talked about this over and over today, uh, as we show care for people's needs, then that gives us the ability to speak the gospel into their life. They want to hear what we have to say. Access, you look to see, if you're looking for a way to make a in route into a people group, a family, a neighborhood, find out what that need might be. And you want to carry the gospel, you want to share the gospel, but you might look to find out what need there there might be. And as you're meeting that need, you're sharing the gospel. So that's access. See how it comes. And as you build, when I, behind closed doors, that sounds like rela- building relationships, yeah, isn't it? It is, absolutely. I, have you found that? That's true no matter what, isn't it? Yeah, it's it just is. you build is it trust have something to do with that, Nathan? You got to build trust. I mean, that's the first question people are asking. They don't ask it out loud, but they're asking in their heart, "Can I trust you?" And it takes a good amount of trust to allow someone to uh, allow you to help someone. So you know, it matters. It matters how you live your life, doesn't yes, it? Yes, for sure. And uh, let let it, let your light shine before men that yeah. they may glorify yeah. God as They'll they see, see your good, good works. works. Yeah, that's right. And then third one is care. That's demonstrated, isn't it? It is. A lot of people have to see the gospel in action uh, or enacted. Someone said they'd rather <clears throat> see a sermon as hear one any yeah. day. So. And so seeing, seeing the gospel lived out through care for people, and it, again, it could be medical care, it could be emotional care, simply just the gift of your presence, being with someone who's in need, who is hurting, showing that care, then opens their ears for them to hear, and actually they will care then what you have to say. And that's when we, you know, God gives us that opportunity to preach the gospel at that point. Nathan, thank you for sharing that with us. We've been talking about preaching and healing. When we're talking about preaching, we're talking about sharing the good news one-on-one or one-to-many, and we're talking about caring. Here's the scripture, Matthew 10. It's when Jesus sent the 12 out, and he said to them, As you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Amen. Man, we have received great salvation. How important it is for to give it and make it available to others. So look to see if there's a group that doesn't have access to the gospel. Find a way to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Build those relationships. Let them know you care. Thank you again, Nathan. Thank you. Appreciate you listening to Exploring Missions here on the American Family Radio Network. We pray that you're on mission for God, not just here, but around the world as you take Jesus to those that need him the most.